How you doing there? This guy Tracer Finn here, Dale Holmes, and myself, Eddie King. We got a good interview coming up here with uh, Tracer Finn. Absolutely. Thanks for coming over, guys. Thanks for driving uh, over, Tracer. Couldn't wait to do this. But yeah, it's going to be fun. Uh, big weekend, first of all. Hall of Fame weekend, Eddie. Lots uh, down here in San Diego. Do you want to tell us some of the... Uh, you know, you got, you're always in the heart of uh, organizing well, stuff this week. We try to make it more than just uh, a celebration of the six new inductees. We try to have a little bit of a get-together and reminiscence about some of the old times and get-togethers at other events. We have a little uh, meet-and-greet Friday night at Dirty Birds at Liberty Station between 6 and like 10 o'clock and who knows afterwards. And then we do a uh, BMX Legends golf tournament Saturday morning, tee-off is it's 7.30 at Riverwalk Golf Course, and we've got about 60 golfers and prizes for them, and it's kind of amazing to see some of the guys come out there that are still passionate, almost as much as they were with BMX, to see them out there swinging golf clubs, and some guys that it's the only time they ever play golf is at this tournament. Right. <laughs> so, but it's a great time, and you know they stay a couple hours afterwards after they play golf to just continue the conversation. It's a lot of fun, and then obviously, Saturday evening, we have a uh, star-filled lineup that's getting inducted into the Hall of Fame again this year out at Chula Vista. Awesome. And uh, Tracers, you, you're pretty much every year. You're here on your ICU. Oh, yeah. Walking around and stuff. and Well, what a treat to have it in one place. Yeah. And then, you know, that training center is pretty bitching. And then Eddie's always, you know... We're joined at the hip sometimes when he does these events. I'm like, I'm in. Right, I'm in. yeah. Can you play yeah. golf, not, you know, not in a few years, but always in. And uh, always tried to make everything that he put together because the Hall of Fame itself is, is epic, but it's really for the inductees not to sit in a back table and mm -hmm. tell somebody a story about how you wrecked a rental car in 1981. Right, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're yeah. really there for them. we got podcasts so, for that. Yeah, yeah, it's true. <laughs> and, and having... Uh, you know, so being able to enjoy the the golf and the, the hacking it up, and then the Friday night stuff, you'll turn around and talk to me for five minutes. And mm -hmm. go, Holy crap, that's right. so and so! And you yes. go, dude, I just talked to this legend that showed up that we totally, you know, maybe haven't seen without their helmet on in right. five years. And you got a story about them or their sister or, you know, something. Well, I was at Haro cool. yesterday and uh, our photographer, Joey Cobbs, uh, I don't think he's been before. And he was asking, you know, the Haro guys are coming this, this weekend. And he was asking how it works and, and stuff and that. And I said, well, basically, it's just like being in a BMX magazine from 1980 when you're walking around, just seeing yeah. everybody, you know. So obviously everyone's a little bit older, but it's how cool it is, you know. So Yeah, good so. time. Yeah, good no, time. definitely looking forward to it. I hope they keep uh, – is there still plans to keep it here or – I have Still no idea. Unknown. That's up to the to the hierarchy of USA BMX and when and where it goes. I have no idea. Yeah, yeah. Well, hopefully it stays here. I think it's a good vibe here, isn't it? And yeah. uh, I always enjoy it. So cool. All right. Well, let's get into it. Tracer, again, you have uh, deep history and um, uh, great start. I guess let's just go to the start. Yeah, Las Vegas and uh, tell us uh, CW. Yeah. I guess go to the start pre-CW pre and discovering BMX and, uh, yeah, the beginning. Well, it's really interesting because I actually was born down here at Sharp Hospital and grew up, I could ride my bike to Rancho. In, in, I grew up in La Mesa. Okay. So, but every weekend and every holiday and every summer I'd go to Vegas uh -huh. where my dad and my parents would play. So 
um, I rode motorcycles and bicycles down here because it was a cool scene. And then when I got to Vegas, I went, I want to race motorcycles. And of course, got all signed up with my YZ80 and they, my parents said, no. And I went, oh. So I always rode boat bikes and tried little, we tried to do little, uh, you know, trick shows, evil Knievel kind of kid, like uh-huh. taking your tire off your rim and pouring gas in the street and skidding as long as you could, trying to, trying to light the gas on fire with sparks, trying to do little fun stuff. And um, so the same people that ran the motorcycle track ran the BMX track. So they said, well, th- I used to throw tires for the BM- BMX track and build things and help them out while the track and they'd let me race. And that was in the 75, 76, and came through the ranks just as a jumper. We'd have five motos, total points, like 10, 12 guys in your race. And so I was just a little skinny kid, just used to jump and bunny hop and side by side. They do back, back, uh, like race track backwards races, two guys on one bike, one on each pedal. And right. We always had something. <laughs> so I wasn't that great of a racer. Uh, but I ended up just working through it by having fun and riding your bike. I didn't really, it was sort of just like a bunch of fun with your friend. I had no idea the seriousness, mm-hmm. you know, how uh, some people um, took it to. Like, was there any like top names or anything at the time in Vegas or like, wow. kind of role models or anything then? Or it was just kind of new for everybody? Well, you know what? There was a two guys that, that one, of course, uh, Sam Meek, who's my hero, uh, was our first number one. All the guys that hung out in that would go to California and sort of bring the flavor back. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Alan Squirrel Witt and Robert Worley, I, those two guys would had some connections. So we sort of got the word, but we didn't know, we had no idea what was going on in California. We just knew that they raced. And I think by the time I was 12, uh, they said, we're going to California. And they brought us, and we, we were just transitioning from Bendex brakes and taking the springs out so you'd have at least a freewheel. And uh, I raced Weiner Mountain, which I don't know if you heard about that, but that was a crazy, and I raced 12 expert because I was an expert at home. Mm-hmm. And I went down there and we were, I think 33 of us went. We, my, we took my dad's big Mickey Finn show truck and a bus and we all went to California. And I don't think anybody got a trophy. We had, we were so, <laughs> we were so outclassed. I mean, I raced Eddie as a 12 year old, like, and we started halfway down the hill. And it was still gnarly. Right. And we were just hillbillies. We had no idea what we were doing, you know. And um, But at home, it was just pretty much Sam Meek, and we got we got to learn a lot about it. And then the NBA tour came through a couple times, and then we all started uh, uh, getting better and better, and then we built Desert Surf, and then and then it was game on. Did you ever get to hear about no. Desert Surf? No, not really, no. Slash no. Track? no. It was... That was like late 70s, though? Uh, boy, I think 78, the Winter Nationals were there and everybody yeah. was there. Mm-hmm. Um, so by then we started, we were sort of on the map, you know, and um, so the desert surf thing happened and it brought us all where we got to start to travel. And I just raced for my dad, Mickey Pinchot, Levi's. So, yeah, and, tell us a little bit about your, your parents' background. And, oh, uh, pretty proud of them. My dad had a nightclub here uh, in San Diego and it, it kicked off and got big time and NBC picked them up. And they were on, you know, back when there were three television stations, my parents were on NBC. Wow. And then they ended up going to uh, Vegas and opening Caesar's Palace. So they were on the marquee and I lived in the hotels. It was sort wow. of cool. And um, so my uh, my dad was always, you know, it's family family business. We'd, we'd load up the pianos and load up the shows. And that's what my brother and I did. We loaded up all the stuff and went to the 
um, loaded in his show everywhere he played. So the, that was a good time. The drummer for the band related to Jamie Little? I don't think so. Oh, okay. Is that the motocross announcer? Yeah, exactly. No, yeah. but my brother knows knows him. Okay. For, through, for video production. My brother does Tracer that. knows this, but my yeah. parents used to go to his show in San Diego, the Mickey Finn show. Right. It was on University Avenue, which is now, I think, Rich's nightclub, which is in Hillcrest. It was in Hillcrest. Uh-huh. Back in the, you know... Well, it's Rich's, not, Rich's nightclub currently, which is a gay nightclub, but in the 70s, it was the Mickey Finn show mm-hmm. on University Avenue, which is kind of cool. You know, yeah. Most of my parents in that era and age group, they all know about the Mickey Finn show in San Diego. Well, I asked my wife. I said, actually, mom and dad, and they sure. totally knew... Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was on, on. It was the place yeah, to yeah. go. It, it was, was like it was yeah. the place to go. It was a good mm-hmm. time. And then my dad started that San Diego Charger Cannon, the for the Charger games that they blow off at the. Oh really? He, he came up he with that. He started didn't he? that. Oh when wow! They, when the Chargers played at uh, Balboa Stadium. Park, uh-huh. or Balboa Stadium, before they even had Jack Murphy Stadium, mm-hmm. so we'd go to the games and be run around and and be on the sidelines and. It was a, it was a, it was really cool growing up. Yeah, they were rock stars. They were rock stars before Rockstar had a had a title. You know. And you have a brother, same kind of age. Uh, he's a year and a half older, so it was really good because it kept, you know, the younger brother. I kept, I kept chasing him around. So right. I, sort of why I probably put myself in situations riding to to hang out with the bigger bigger guys, uh-huh. you know, and ride and ride hard and. If they jumped, I'd just let her rip and jump farther and just blow myself up and have a good time. Um, but my dad, I raced with my dad until I think I, I was at least 16 expert because I just didn't want to do any little teams and stuff. stuff yeah. My, my dad's paying my entry fee and right. it's a family business. Yeah, why not? Advertise, yeah. yeah. And so Corona was my favorite track when I, when I started. You probably saw me at least twice a month. I, I drive down... You know, I almost want to say I have the record. I would drive down every weekend down to California just to race mm-hmm. the fast guys. You, know? you didn't have a sponsor, did you, at Corona back in those days? No, no, I was Levi's and 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 Mickey big hair. Show. And big, big hair. hair. Oh, you have big hair, did you? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. blonde, my hair right? Was out. Right, like Bozo the Clown. I think I might have seen a picture. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it was. It wasn't. I definitely didn't go for the chicks. Right. Like, yeah, or they didn't go for me. Put it that way. It was. It was better just to keep racing. Right. So uh, I just kept. Jumping and racing, and it turned into a little underground thing where I got to uh, got a little publicity here and there, and people started helping me out. Mm-hmm. And then um, ran into, you know, met Miranda. I think I was jumping at that Irvine race, doing some pretty pretty crazy stuff, and made a few magazines. And Miranda's the one that got me on CW. So when he was TMing, yeah, he 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 was actually the lead and said, "Hey, Roger, you got to help this get out." So right. They, they throw me. You know Miranda's old race pants, and people say, "Why do you wear gaiters?" And I go, "Because I wore, yeah, yeah, you know, small pants race that pants. are a, a foot too short." It was a good cover up back then, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, so it was good. So they helped me out, and then once I got on the team, it was uh, then you got to be in the audience of like Bob Osborne, and I never was in BMXA until I wore a complete outfit. And I asked him once at the NBA Grands, I said, "I haven't been. I'm not even in a background of a picture," and he said, "You got to look like a pro." Oh, Is that really? what he said? Yeah. I so he was all about the uniform look then, was he? Yeah, he looked at me and he, go, he, he literally said, look at you. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, this is like Levi's. I could go to school. I, right. I dressed for school yeah. in just a different jersey I probably never washed. 
He didn't tell you your sponsor had to kick in some big ads? Uh, I don't know. It might have. <laughs> I think they had, uh, uh, you know, I don't think Mickey Finn Show ads would have worked in BMX Action Magazine. But Ooh. everybody ran those stickers. And they're great stickers. We've got you bought some here, and I've got some before. Like I do save a few little stickers here, and they gave me some a few years ago. So yeah, they're cool. I'll uh, definitely add a few of this yeah. interview for everybody to see. Who else was on CW then when you first got on? Boy, when I first got on, it was like little Roger Moore. Uh, Did they call him Roger Zemo? Was that the Roger whole frame? Zemo. Was that the frame because of, after that kid? I don't know. I don't know about that. You know, we're having a get together, and mm. I'll, well, I think we'll ask Roger because yeah. there's a couple of different stories. It's like the Z frame. But is it Roger Z Moore, but or Andy Zerzo, who was actually, okay? Yes, you know, yeah, like, yeah. Like, what's Gotta be the, a story behind that? You know the, and sometimes I'll talk to Roger and I'll, how'd you come up with that? And he goes, uh, Camaretta was a bike. He so goes, he's not online. He's not documented much. No. So there's probably a whole bag of history that's yeah. not been unveiled. On it's going to be a, yeah. a a fun onion to peel because he just moved on. Right. You know, he lives in Reno. He's a contractor. He has like eight contract licenses. He's busy. Yeah, and uh, all those interesting stories. I hope some of them yeah. come out. But uh, I, when it was early, the team was Deb, of course Debbie and Clarence and mm-hmm. and uh, Robert Swick, Tosh Moraviov, a couple of different guys that were early. You know, the early first round team. Uh huh. Um, so I was just, I thought it was fantastic getting. It. So mean, you I was pre pistol was about eighty four, right? So you was before that. Yeah, yeah. When Mike went, when Mike moved on. Because we, we got in trouble, like, we really pushed it. Because I, having a, I mean, everybody has a Miranda story. Yeah. But, but What do you mean pushed it? You know, we would be, the teams going here, show up at the airport, and Mike and I would stop by and get, he'd be driving his, like, at the time, his Camaro that Roger gave him. And we'd stop by and get an ice cream cone, you know, show up late, you know, just that kind of irresponsible take it for granted kind of stuff mm-hmm. and um a few times where we went out a little too late and roger had to make me pay my travel before <laughs> but you know before i went and then Pre-pay. he would reimburse me right because we sort of let it rip a few times and uh and enjoyed the the local flavors mm-hmm. you know and had a good time and so when mike moved on and then we had pistol it was great because um you know we'd go to the races and He'd win, and we get pizza. Right, and yeah. Like, have, if the pro won, the whole team got pizza. And Probably a lot of pizza for you guys got, when Pistol was on. Yeah, yeah. So that was good, and we all became really good friends uh, with that. And Clarence toured with him, and I tell you, this guy could tear your head off, and. Probably one of the nicest guys you've ever. Well, I don't really know Clarence. Just to say hi to. Um, yeah, yeah. He seems he'll be nice here this guy. weekend. Yeah, yeah. 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 He, he was inducted last year, right? Two years ago. Yeah, last year. Yeah. 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 Yeah, cool stuff. I remember the CW team came out to England in 84. It was uh, obviously Pistol, uh, Jarrett Justice. Yes. And then a guy called Aaron Sally, who was an uh, Asian group below me. I think he passed away. Yeah. yeah. We, well, we were looking for everybody. We found that out. That's yeah. why we need to do things like this. Yeah. Because yes. I just, it'd be, it's tough to go to funerals. Right. But if we can all hang out when we're all around, yeah. make the most of it. Yeah, know? absolutely. Yeah. He, uh, my sister, she raced and she got Erin Sally's plate. I think they kissed or something, you know, they were like uh-huh. 13, 14. And my sister has an Eddie King plate as well. I don't know if they kissed, but we, we definitely got one of his, <laughs> <laughs> one of the few things that we, uh, just say that we did. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and boy, uh, between that and then the new era, you know, right, getting yes. a kiss was like a, yes. better than trophy. Oh, yeah. Nowadays, yeah. I mean, it's totally different, mm-hmm. you know, but uh, 
Yeah, I saw that whole team because I had gone straight. Once I turned 18 or so, I was working full time. And I would just race because I wasn't pistol. I wasn't going to have a right. pro career. I was just sort of the, the guy that would... You know. How was you doing racing then? Like top three podium nationals? Um, you know, I had my days. Uh. You know, I, I won a few I shouldn't have. And, and pretty much, I mean, racing these guys, you know, it was the Nelson Chanity and Eddie and... Don Jolie and you know these guys were, um, you know, there were, it was pretty stacked up for I, a lot of guys went on to be yeah really good, good pros, pros yeah. So for me personally to make the main, especially the long ones like the worlds, Big getting deal. all the way to the worlds, you know, Andy Patterson, Timmy Judge, like yeah. just to make the main for me, mm-hmm. um, I sort of treated it as I was still just an independent. Like I wasn't, they were, I wasn't on the team to win races like right. some like some of the other guys you know I was uh-huh. like you know Roger actually taught me some of the business and he wanted me to be a part of uh, some more of longevity that's for sure yeah. doing all that stuff as well you know not to rely on winning you know yeah and he so when I I think I, when I turned pro um, I just I raced 16 over expert then I raced 17 over expert and then I really but still you can go back to the 80s all you guys any any 17 and over any 17 and over in the 80s and 90s in the US National was just stacked with factory superstars yeah. you know so you just wanted to make i mean yeah. personally i just wanted to make them yeah i could imagine that's you know, a big deal was, you know for me and there was always somebody that was powerful that you're, you're not going to catch them right you know there's some guy i don't care how big the first jump is when the guy's three feet ahead of you yeah you're what are you going to do mm-hmm. try harder and you know you try as hard yeah, as yeah yeah so um one knots knots very farm but it was up against um the Grands. Remember that big international race? I think a lot... Cause Tim, I know that... Tim think, came out... Yeah, Mongoose UK, because it's documented in one of the magazines uh, I've got, the, the, the Mongoose UK team came out to Knott's Berry Farm, and that's when Tim was on Mongoose Ruffle. So I'd say that's about 82-ish, was it? Maybe? Yeah. Maybe? Yeah. 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 That's about yeah. 82, 81, I think. Yeah. It's very early UK history. In yeah. Some it's early magazines. Gate. And I won that. You know, and the trophy dash against, you know, everybody that was supposed to be there. Yeah. Know? And, uh... But I borrowed a bike. My bike didn't make it from Vegas. Freddie Johnson from Vegas. They closed, you know, all the rain they had. So he couldn't get over the pass. So I, I got there, most of the teams at the ABA Grands. Uh-huh. And I went, oh, I'll just borrow a bike. And then I ended up winning. And then Roger heard about it at a gas station in, like, Oklahoma. And said, call the magazines and shut it down. So sort of arguably, the, like, the coolest, coolest trophy really I had. not really say much about it, though. Was, yeah. uh, was like... He just called and said, right. oh, you know, no press. shut her down. But I don't know. I I just was lucky to be in the top four most of the time. Yeah. You know, and, and were you guys already friends then? or? Uh... I would say we have. Oh, yeah. What do you think? Yeah. I mean, we've raced each other since we were uh-huh. little. But, I mean, we probably. It was around 81, 82, 82. I'd say 82. Yeah. But that's when I graduated high school. Yeah. And I was already. Get myself in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> but we so always... if I come to Vegas, I'd hang out with Tracer. We'd right. get in trouble. Yeah. I'm sure he was a guy to call, right? When you guys Absolutely. went to Vegas, he still is. He yeah. still is. Yeah, I know he definitely still is. Yeah, <laughs> people still call him. Yeah. Hey, want to get in trouble? Yeah. <laughs> I got a guy in Vegas. We love yeah. to hang out with you. Stay out late. Yeah. And my San Diego connection. Every time I'm down, I mean, I probably spent ten Christmases right shaking his hand beforehand, and you know, since we have a connection, and my family loves him, and he's mm-hmm. been and he, he was in my first wedding. I didn't let him in my second, so because that didn't work out the first one, so right. <laughs> he might have been, been the bad luck charm. Yeah, on that. yeah. So, uh, but he's family, and we've always, 
you know, that's what's cool is having friends like that. Mm -hmm. That you just, Mm -hmm. you know, that 2 a.m. phone call, dude, I got a flat. I'm on the side of the road. He's that guy. Right, yeah. So um, I just, when I turned pro, I was already, I started working. I was at, I had So what year did you turn pro? Must have been uh, about 83 or 4. Oh, that early. Yeah. Because it was just, I was tired of racing the same, you know, Mm -hmm. it was the same guys from 16 over, 17 over, 18 over. And then I just raced pro just so I could say I raced pro. I'd already, you know, sort of been around the block. And you're still on CW then, right? Obviously, yeah. Yeah. Roger always, he said any, anytime I wanted to race, he would set me up. Yeah. Yeah. He, I never really ever quit. I just got a job. Got a career. Was you like aspiring to be a double A, or were you just happy to just kind of do a little bits and pieces and here and there and race a bit of pro? And now you know, let's put it this way: the reality of it at the time, because we didn't, you know, hindsight is awesome. But when I my first year, you know how you try and get to two thousand dollars, I think, to turn double A. Was it like that and back then as well? Was it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I raced sporadically because I worked and it's still so, like that I think I think it's still it two is? or three grand I think yeah. it was a couple of years ago well I get those W2s wow. where they are they say what how much you made each year and yeah $1,800 racing and I made $36,000 at the Golden Nugget my first year in 1984 so that in 84 wow. I made 36000 and then I made 1800 and I go that you, you know that the, the yeah, reality yeah. here is just not it, it, you know I mm-hmm. wasn't two thousand. Right. I, you know, I wasn't even, I was barely, I just raced for fun and then I'd show up wherever I could. You probably see me every couple of years. I grab a bike and, you know. Just kind of like one of those eight pro guys you see, then you see a couple of times a year and two or three times a year, but you still have a lot of stuff yeah. going on, really. And they had three mains and with random gates. So even if you were faster, you had a first, a fourth, and an eighth. Right, yeah. If you timed it wrong. Yeah. And um, then came back in 80. 85 was when I got my finger cut off and that was pretty So how did that happen? That was pretty wild. Just they were doing moto money back then. Remember they were trying different things. I've read a bit some pieces yeah. about that. Yeah, but that was, that was after my t- before my time. Oh, I have I keep I stapled it to my garage. I told you how that's how I roll right. at home and I have a little mini vanilla envelope that they that they would put the money in and it says $7. And it was like third place. So would they two. wave it before the game or it would be no, like a set? divided it and then that way they thought if you made it to the semis list, you'd make gas money. Right. Or, you know, whatever. And then, it, then like if you won, you might get $128. You know? Right. But if you won your motos, you might get yeah. 250 or whatever. So I was working Kenny Rogers' show in Vegas and they had the Gold Cup Championships in Vegas. So I worked till like three in the morning and then raced. And... Um, Racing B Pro and you know have a start here and there you know I sometimes I get lucky make it far and I I got pimped in the corner and my bars so he hit my left arm so my bars went sideways so I flipped straight over and remember the old zero nine gloves with the Velcro yes I had some yeah yeah, yeah so yeah, I had my yeah. zero nine gloves and white Vans which really sucked because it was a part of the story is I my hand went like hand my bars went sideways my hand flew out left. And he kept going, and it's a, it's a, my good buddy Joe Lamarche. Thanks, Joe. Uh, and so my hand went in his chain, and it pulled it off. It didn't cut it off, so the bone was still there. Oh, so it was sort of like I drug behind him, and he kept going. So you're still attached. Yeah. And so what's cool is like he still won, but we couldn't find my finger, and I'm yelling in the corner, "Get my effing finger!" To this turn official that's just you know volunteering right. and, and i'm bleeding like this 
you know, just blood, and blood everywhere and all my white shoes. Cause I remember going, these are new vans. <laughs> and, uh, and I'm just standing with a bone and it looked like spaghetti. It was a, gnar- it was gnarly. It looked like a drumstick. It, it was, <laughs> it was definitely gnarly and we couldn't find my finger. So yeah. they stopped the races and they called back the moto and my buddy Joe, um, still had it in his chain. Oh my, he so didn't know, I, obviously. No, and it was funny because I, I, I technically, I, I go, I go, man, technically, I should get about $4 for motor yeah, yeah. for that it's second still place cross, finish. Cross the line. Yeah, I still yeah. cross the line, you know, so, and then worked the, worked the next night. They wrapped my hand up and I went to work and, you know, it was 15 bucks an hour back then. Wow. I worked Spotlight on a Legends in Concert on a show. So it was, you know, the work was really the thing and then racing, you just, I just had the passion and B-Pro was good because I could jump in and make a main, sometimes get a third or, you know, they, they were all the younger kids, but, you know, I wasn't killing them, but it, it made it fun. Didn't you, know? you work lighting at one of those shows where it was topless? You invited me there and I stood up there with you in the lighting booth. It was uh, a topless you... show because I know, because you know what? Your brother Mike was dating one of the girls downstairs that was topless. Okay. (laughs) It might have been a different club. (laughs) Eddie and I have a few club stories. I'm uh, sure in Vegas. We made the most of it. Um, (laughs) As a matter of fact, yeah. Uh, That's part two. But we had a good time and when he'd come to Vegas, we would just just tear it up. So I always just kept working and then I'd race when I could. Right. we actually would have Wednesday night pro-ams and Mark Thrower, I don't know if you heard of him. No. He was actually three-time number one in Vegas and one of the first pros to wear the yellow GT. And he won B-Pro Corona. He won... Yeah. Uh, there's a famous picture of him and Stu just blowing Stu up. Like, mm-hmm. at, what was his name? Vegas. Mark Thrower. Huh. Fast guy. Made it, made it so you had a guy to always chase. Um, but I would just race pro-ams and... You know, sort of worked and worked my way up the career yes. ladder, you know, from star shows to Siegfried and Roy. And Tell us a little bit too. about, before we get into all that, because I definitely want to ask you more about the um, the entertainment business and stuff, um, the famous piano jump. Oh, that was so cool. Well, you know, like I said... And I'm going to add that as well to this when I post all this up. Oh, the, yeah. the, the funny part was I actually had the guts to ask... Bob Osborne, who I thought, you know, was one of the best in the business. I go, I'm not even a background, you know, and he, and he said, look at you. And then when I got on CW, he goes, all right, let's go. Yeah. And, uh, so, yeah. so he did, uh, we did, he came to Vegas and we went to recreate jumping the fountains at Caesars. That was his idea. Mm-hmm. And so we took this ramp and we jumped into it and it was all mossy and I'm mean, just eating it. And it was only like two feet deep. So as soon as you last it landed, I just eat it and I'm, I got moss on me. It's soaking wet. We're looking at each other and, and the shot, no matter what angle he took, looked like a kid with a two foot ramp jumping into a, a, a kiddie pool. Right. You know, it just wasn't bitching. And, you know, his stuff, he didn't go to Vegas to just get a, a cheap shot. He wanted to understand that, yeah. And we, so we had dinner and we were talking to my dad. And my dad and I had always talked about, not even kiddingly, about jumping my dad on stage because I used to work his show and come and jump him and land and, you know, do like a ramp to ramp and sort of do an extreme sport a la splash, right. you know, uh, before. And so he goes, well, my dad goes, let's do it. So we made a couple of calls and in the morning week before, cause the shows were in the afternoon, we just loaded up my pickup and 
headed down and rolled the piano out on the Fremont Street. They thought it was a movie shoot. They shut off the street. Everybody's crowded. You didn't have to get no. You just guys did it on your own. No, deal. we just we just yeah. rebel run it. Yeah. And then I had no idea, no game plan, and my buddy David Saxton, motocrosser, who's not scared, he built the ramp. It was a, it was a, two four by eights of supply wood on a sawhorse. So the first one was on the sawhorse, and the second one was screwed to the piano. So it was just click, click, right. know, completely, and that was scared, and, and I didn't know how far I had to go because we had to jump everybody, and then there was an island there, and I just just prostrated it and went for <laughs> it because, you know, Bob Osborne's taking your picture, Yeah, you and do it, it just turned out. It was epic. The fear uh-huh. in my eyes, there, that, that was like a grenade. Mm-hmm. Like we just, I blasted crashed into the street my bike bounces into the crowd people think it's some stunt show movie set. right and uh people are cheering and crazy and then i'm like and he comes and talks to me he goes all right relax take it a little slower right you know tough, <laughs> you know we didn't i had no idea and then i did it the second time so I, I actually have the proofs of that and it's not epic it's it looks like uh-huh. I know what to expect. Uh-huh. Um, you know, it's so like like you could have done it by your second time too. Mm-hmm. You know, but the first one, the Mickey Finn sign was going. That was a reader board. That was by accident. Oh wow! So the the second wow. shot, it wasn't even. It's it was blank, mm-hmm. and it. So he got that shot, and then he goes, "I like this kid," because I wasn't scared of anything. I didn't. I had no fear. I was. I jumped motorcycles with suspension. I really didn't care. Mm-hmm. Like. He's going to take my picture. So then I got to do some other stuff at Strawberry Fields with him and do, you know, then he started with prom- promoted me a little bit. And that, that really classed up my act. Yeah. That's super rad. Yeah. So, so obviously he gave you all the, the, the pictures and stuff after, right? Obviously the ones that even that weren't published. Yeah. I have some eight by tens of, of, uh, the second jump. So a lot of people haven't seen all this and stuff. No, no. And it's, it looks calm. Right. You know, and then, uh, actually, uh, Gork, Gave me some stuff that Bob had in his office, right? Of some of the some other hot shots that I did with them, yeah. And so I, it's I cherish it because oh, of course, like, hey, yes, here, yes, is, yes. They left this in the office, and yeah. it's, a, it's a big, like you know, two foot by three. So Gog still got a lot of stuff from back then, because I always yeah. heard the stories of BMX action, everything getting dumped in the the, the dumper behind when they closed it. And a lot of a lot of history lost, you know. So yeah. obviously, still a lot of stuff floating around. Yeah, yeah. you'd have cool. to check with Gork on that because I got some of the stuff that they had, but mm-hmm. I don't know if they put that stuff in the dumpster. Yeah, I, I heard a few stories. Was. I don't know if maybe Gork said that some interview. Or it was framed somewhere. nicely. And yeah, it was and so um, you know, I That's I right, thought you it got was it. really really yeah. cool. So they they what the cool thing about all this and something that I'm not even glazing over is all these friendships along the way mm-hmm. like, like yeah we're, we're talking about jumping and riding and stuff but man you know I, you do it because you're with your buddies and mm-hmm. they're, they're goating you and you know half the time you do something because you say hey watch this or hey i bet you can't do that you mm-hmm. know hey hold my beer kind of you know attitude so that was that was it and then did some pretty good racing here and there we raced that world's the first ibm xf world's in Ohio, which, oh, okay. which became the UCI world. So yeah, you know, Dayton, Ohio. Yeah. Was actually IBM XF then? Was it the Dayton, Ohio one? It was yeah, a, I think that was. Was that 81? 80, 80, yeah, 81? 81. Rennie Roker did the ones in Indianapolis like in 79, 80, 81. And then Tropicana Hotel was 82, right? That's probably. Uh, I think yeah. it was. 
Think yeah, it was, it was 80, 82 or 3. Yeah. My bike got stolen at that race. Oh, it did? Yeah. It was, I was, that was a local they, one they for you, like, though, yeah. Yeah, they stole, like, I went to go get, you weren't allowed to have your bikes inside. Mm-hmm. So they stole, somebody just came up with a pickup. You probably could go home between bike. motos, right? Oh, you know, it was a, <laughs> no, I enjoyed uh, drag racing down the hallways and skidding down them, and that's, right. why, that's why you'll never see another hotel, you know, besides the South Point now without rules. You're right. Yeah, it was, that was a good time. Yeah, and now we still, I've spoke about it numerous times on podcasts, but that was our first footage we saw of American racing in England. That was on TV in England. That was the first one. Which one? Uh, yeah. Tropicana Hotel. No kidding. Yeah, that's the first oh, bit of American footage I got, at least. Wow. You know, we obviously we had TV of stuff what was yeah. happening in England, but that was our first, oh my God, this is, you know, we've seen magazines, but this was the first, uh, what I can recall anyway, the first footage I had, because oh, I, well, I ran just... that tape. You know, you still see it on Facebook. I think Mucho Jones, he posted a lot of it. Yeah. Um, on there, but I know the announcing for every single main. I know you crashed in the first turn with Chanity, and like yeah. I watched that thing over and over and over that again. Horrible. Just tight. You know, you know that was in a tennis, that was a tennis court. Right. Yes, they, they even were said in that a tennis in the... court, and it's still there. It's, right. It's like, it's oh, like really? a double sided double. You know, it was tennis courts like side by side or end to mm. end. But that was the indoor tennis courts. I mean, every time I go to Vegas and I go past Tropicana, even though I wasn't there, I think of that. I start thinking about that video. Yeah. You know, just uh, amazing to. Yeah, we ruined, guys. the kids ruined it. You know, I mean, it, it definitely, but it was. Yeah. You know, I mean, we didn't, we didn't think much of it. Now that I work in a hotel, right. five star hotel, it, if a kid came wheeling down a hallway <laughs> yeah, and yeah. freaking skidded into the elevators, right, that's it. That kid's getting jumped on, right. locked down, and hauled off. Oh, I can imagine. Yeah. So. Tell us a little bit more about your work and stuff then in, in, in Vegas, you know, and uh, all the people you work with. I mean, you sent me some awesome pictures this morning, oh, some, uh, yeah. some of the guys, you know. Uh, really lucked out. Worked with my dad, always worked with my dad, so I had some chops as a kid. And uh, started this um, Legends and Concert show, and then in like 1984 went over to the Golden Nugget just as an extra and worked my way up and started working with, you know, all like at the time. You know, Kenny Rogers, Dolly Parton, Dionne Warwick, uh, Vic Damone, Diane Carroll, um, you know, just the, the, you know, Sinatra and all these, Don Rickles, which, oh my gosh, nowadays I'd, I would pay, I would pay, if I, if he would come to one of our events, he would kill our BMX crowd. He wow. would, he would, he was hilarious. And, you know, I'm a fan because my dad's an entertainer. Right. Like Paul Anka and all these guys. I'm a fan of the, band and the musicians so I got to sit in these uh, back room and listen to Sinatra telling stories wow. with with his band and we just sit there and we're just having cold beers we'd, we'd kill they would bring beers and everything for all the you know the guests backstage yeah. and then once everybody left Frank would come back and we'd sit and listen to stories of him and uh, <laughs> killing the town and you know Palm Springs and yeah, and all these like stories to another level. Uh, all these guys, uh, on, on, on <laughs> other level, they were they were they were just hilarious and and um, I got to, I I knew how cool it was because I was a lot of people might have taken it for granted, but that was bitching. And oh, then, I can only imagine. Uh, so did that and then went and opened that Siegfried and Roy project, which was you know huge. It was. They were famous already, mm-hmm. and that show was just off the hook. It was a good time, um, hard work. But mm-hmm. th- by then, you know, I, I was re- I was their lighting director, and I was committed. I was locked in. Really, wasn't riding that much, and um, sort of the career thing was the was you know had a kid and 
sort of taking care of business. And that's sort of when you, you know, your career is rolling when nothing else gets done. Mm -hmm. You know, you just come home, eat and go back to work kind of thing. So did that and then uh, built O uh, at Bellagio. So I got in, hooked in with the Cirque du Soleil group mm -hmm. and built their shows. And then after about 18 years, I was, um, do you have any questions on the shows? Like, I mean, I'm amazed by all of it. Just uh, all the, just looking through, scrolling through your pictures is just, a, just yeah, it's just amazing, you know. Just, yeah, uh, it was pretty nutty. Just watching uh, the video and you're underwater doing the light in. Oh yeah, the, that's the shows I'm working now. And you're still yeah. like putting the suit on and going under the, under the water and stuff. Yeah, yeah, I just dove two weeks ago. Wow. Yeah, so I probably have four or five hundred dives and and four hundred, you know, ninety percent of them are at work. It's sort of cool. Um, and what's kind of your time, your, your, your hours a week, then it just changes all the time depending on what the shows? Yeah, nowadays I, I pretty much do, that's why you probably see me more is I'm off like Sunday, Monday. It's not like, I used to be off midweek. Right. Now at least if I grab a Saturday, I can be around. Um, but I was really burnt out working my butt off and built O oh, a couple years in and um, I think I was missing my bike stuff mm -hmm. and I went out to the track, Tommy Bracken sent me a bike. And back when, you know, Brackens came out, it was like mid-94, 3 or 4 right. or something like that. So I went, I was working my rear end off, had everything I wanted, boats, big bitchin' house. I had everything going on, and I went, man, I still, I'm a BMX. Still like BMX. You know? I think that's maybe about, that's when I came out, and that's where I, you know, I, it's like, there's a guy in Vegas that comes to races in a Porsche. And that's why I kind of, you know, <laughs> you know that TJ, T, I, maybe I was a little bit before, you know, you, TJ would kind of made the big name in, in freestyle. Maybe it was mid nineties, kind of just a bit before Steven. But anyway, yeah, that's how I always knew you was, you know, the guy in the oh, Porsche. Yeah. That's funny. Cause it's like, wow, he's got a oh, Porsche. I'm in know? the cars. But right. When you're working like that. Yeah. You get, you buy those things, but you've sold your soul. Right. You know, I mean, the only reason I could do that is because I was working my, my mm -hmm. ass off, you know? And so I went out to the track, and it was my local track, and I'm snapping. I'm like, man, this is now I'm bigger. Because when I quit racing, I was 5'8, you know, buck 50 at the most. So uh -huh. I, I wasn't, I had no man strength at all. And now I had some, I had some game. And you know how we used to practice is, I, I, in practice, the gate would go down and I'd race the whole track. Uh -huh. And then all these young kids, they, they were fast, but then they'd hit the doubles and then cross up uh -huh. and then sit down. Right. And I'm like, just pedal past them. Right. And then uh, the first time I went to the track. It was like um, Nellis or something? It was uh, Ed Fountain Park. Okay. Yeah, it was Ed Fountain Park. And, uh, and so Nick Herta, you know. You know Herta Hot Shots, said, yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He came up to me and goes, just fired up, never met him before, wind up toy. He goes, I want you to be on my team. I want you to be on my team. I'm like, I have no interest. I think, you know, now I can afford to go, if I want to go somewhere or buy a bike part, I buy you just it. Do it. You know? yeah, yeah. And I go, no, no, I'm good. And then I think he might've been offended. I, I was appreciative, but I was mm -hmm. like, I, I'm, I don't want to be on a, you know, that's a really I, I good team once it like them. Yeah. And then TJ came up and he sort of knew enough and he goes, Hey, Hey, this, this guy is really cool, you know. And Brandon Meadows, wasn't he on that team as well, right? Yeah, Meadows, yeah, he was. Yeah, when he got amateur one amp, then he, yeah, then he kind of got his name after. Yeah, you know, from that. So he invited. So TJ, I, he was like fifteen. He wasn't. He mm -hmm. didn't go. That guy's good. I just thought he was a good rider. Mm -hmm. And we started riding together, and he took me out to the jumps where I, you know, we just started palling around. And I go, hey, I'd like to learn how to. They sent me that that pro classes opening come out and I went well I don't know how to ride 
I can't manual. I don't know. So TJ, we'd sort of trade off. I'd fly him to races with me, and then he would take me out and teach me how to manual or at mm-hmm. least get over some of these rhythm sections and stuff. So we really hit it off. And um, and then I'd fly him places, and we'd just have a ball. It was just like I was 15 again. Well, so you was racing that pro when it was Cruiser, right? Yes. When it was like Leary, Clint Miller... That was kind of like a midnight. Travis. Thing, right? Travis, yeah, uh, yeah, Richie Anderson. Richie Anderson. Yeah. Uh, David Patterson, Chris one of them. Brown. Chris Brown. Um, quite a few. Mark, oh, Roop. Brown, was, was he a Mark, Mark uh, Brown guy from like Simi Valley Way that was in that class? There was a guy Brownie. named Chris Brown. Yeah, Chris Brown. That was, yeah. yeah, Chris Brown, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and uh, so it got on ESPN. I, so I started in Harry, and these guys were freaking Yeah. Cool. And Brian Patterson jumped in there. And, it was just all my friends. Yeah. It was like 17X. Mm. You know, it was just a good time. And uh, the cruiser was a little more forgiving. And so I raced that, started going and taking vacations. I was burning vacations to go. Right. And then TJ started getting bigger and bigger. And he goes, um, he knew that I was just, you know, sort of working for the man. And he goes, uh, he finally got, oh, I introduced him to Travis. And then Travis took him all the way to the top. Yeah. And this is Travis Chippers. He's already got in with Specialized, and that's one of the kind of the the, the, the mid nineties when the boom. You know, yeah. obviously you got TJ with X Games Dirt Jumping. It just I think he got his name at the Grands. Right, that's where TJ kind yeah. of won that one. That's where he got his name. And then obviously that's when Kristoff and and Double AP and uh, yeah. So he was all part of the the Specialized uh, the Big Buck team, right? Yeah, yeah, because. Uh... What they were doing was uh, Travis was going to go to Mongoose. Was it Pacific? He was going to go run all that Mongoose GT program. Right. And he was talking to TJ, and he goes, why don't you have Tracer do it? And I was making triple what they were going to pay me, and I went, I'm in. Right. I just fun. said, I'm in. Yeah, I go, yeah. I'm you know, standing on a roll-in right. with a tire pump and some water, and it was the best four years of right. my life. I mean, I literally bailed on entertainment because, you know, it's a great job, great career. So yeah. people would give their left arm to do it. But um, I went, man, standing up here sweating at, at the X Games with your buddies, telling them to, to suck it up is, was pretty exciting, you know? Was so, you in Germany? I, I remember TJ coming out to Germany when he was on Specialized. I was at some European race, and for some reason they flew TJ out to do a demo or something. Oh, I don't know no. if he was, maybe Travis was, I think Travis. It was Travis. Yeah, yeah, yeah there was uh, uh, Mikey Hayek and maybe, maybe Brian Schmidt as well. But, yeah, no, Travis yeah. was the, Travis was a brainchild. Yeah. Could, I, I tell you, if, if I had a business and I needed to get sponsors, mm-hmm. I'd call Travis. Oh, of course, and he's, then what he did with, with, with Christoph and Pete, oh. and then obviously with Mongoose and GT. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, you as, you as Christoph's team manager as well then, right? So yeah. tell us about how was it working with Mr. Mr. Levesque during the heyday of Specialized <laughs> and domination and money and oh, it all was, the... It was crazy. Right. The first thing they did when they set me up at Specialized, they said they had that 415 tour that they had put together. Mm-hmm. My first order of business, my first meeting was, I want you to sell all the ramps. And so I called Gary the rent and I go, hey, do you want some ramps? So we, I sold all the ramps to, to Gary. So all the, Gary Laurent has all the old specialized so ramps. Him and Rich Bartlett are still riding, I still, them two, two guys are still riding on Instagram a lot. Who is that? Gary Laurent and uh, oh. Rich Bartlett. Always Gary is probably stuff. one of the best bike riders from A to Z that I even know. Uh-huh. And I know yeah. a lot of bike riders. He's just, he's amazing. But we, uh, but with Christoph at the racing, the budget was there, and he'd win everything. Mm-hmm. How much and was the budget? Can you tell us? Yeah, that's a good question. Good one. Wow. 
you know? This is specialized, it, right? It was TJ was X Games champion, Christoph was winning, so you got the two biggest, two biggest dudes at the time, you know? You know, you, and you can't credit me for getting them on the team. That's definitely a Travis thing. But to keep them going, you know, it was tough because Fox was throwing him good big money. Yeah, Mountain and, Dew. Uh, and Mountain stick. Dew was, you know, the guys had their own deals with them too. Um, it was big money. Like I know I've I've listened to a ton of your podcast, yeah, podcast yeah. and you're always like, how much? Well, yeah, yeah, and that's that's a Kristoff <laughs> question. Yeah, but I can tell you the contingency checks, right? Because I that's what. I didn't do the salary stuff. Right. The contingency checks. It was it was amazing. He, yeah. He'd save them all up. Probably just throw them in an envelope. Well, because it was huge. open and tr- open and class both days, and Christoph would have a lot of double double weekends. You know. Yeah. And uh, I know when before Allier came to GT, I was on GT, and before Allier came, you know, there was trying to work out who's going to be the replacement for Gary Ellis. So obviously there was talk to Christoph. So Christoph came to my house. He's like, show me your, show me your bonuses. Because I'm talking to GT. And I didn't really want to show him, but he was my buddy. He used a lot uh-huh. of things for me. I'm like, okay, these are the GT bonuses. And then anyway, he, he didn't blink. He's like, he went to Specialized, you know? So yeah. was, he didn't write. And GT was, bonuses were good. So Specialized was... It was, was ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. I, it was, yeah. It was ridiculous. But he he deserved. It. Oh yeah, yeah, you yeah, know? yeah, and, yeah. And if the money's there, here's right. the here's the thing. Part of that whole business mm. is that Specialized. Only reason there was a team is because of the money that Travis brought to the table. Yeah, they didn't want to spend. You know, they they paid travel and the basics, but mm. um, and you know trucks and vans and things like that. But as soon as the money went away. Because we had Subaru, too. Yeah. I had a freaking and car. And Sean Palmer was doing the mountain bike thing oh, as well. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, I had a car. Right. I mean, the, with a gas car. Yeah. I'm, like, I'm driving around in this you know, Subaru four-wheel drive going, Right. I sold my other car. I sold my truck. I'm right. Like, this is fun. And we you know, driving around, and um, there was some really good money in it. And then, um, but Christoph was, as far as him and I... Um, it's really cool to see him now because now we're older. Shake mm-hmm. his hand, and I'm proud because his contact with Connor and that. Yeah, you know, you know that that whole progression. And all they did was, you know, going shopping for your pro rider at you know before the races. And he had Isabel there as well at the time, so she was kind of doing a lot for him as well, right? Yeah, so kind of. He was definitely supported. Yeah. yeah, and and he did it right. He deserved it all. Yeah. Uh, but how how else can you? How many people can you count on? For a, a weekend to, to pull at least a couple of wins, yeah, you yeah. know, and then um, so that was on the race side, and, and then the jumping side was, uh, you know, of course TJ, and then Alan, Alan Cook. Cook, yeah, Alan, Alan Cook. Cook was he was, was just a demo, right? Yeah, 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 he was super talented yeah. and rode moto, and his dad was involved, and Aaron was a big part. They did like that. demos and stuff, weren't they? Yeah, 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 but they were he was good enough, right? You know, like good enough for X Games kind yeah. of guys, and then Jeremy Fanberg had a lot of a lot of guys that did different stuff, which I appreciated because you got to do the bike stuff, bike, yeah. bike shop stuff, you know, and, and it's tough to grab. The well, even at the races, well. there was, uh, you know, and especially when, even when Travis was doing GT, he always had girls there hanging out, you know, speed sticks and, and all yeah. the spot. He did really activated at the races, something that's not happening, you know, or missing from, from today's right. racing, you know, to keep the sponsors happy, you know, speed stick. And, you know, some of those people involved mm. in that were, were top notch. And, with with Christoph winning, with TJ winning, and, and it was still starting to contract with, you know, uh, Subaru had just gone and picked up uh, Lance Armstrong. Mm-hmm. Remember the, all the Subaru, like, so all that money went away. 
So we lost all the car. I remember they were saying, right, thanks I, I think I got a letter in the mail. <laughs> you, this yeah, this car yeah. has to be returned by Tuesday or you will have to pay the next payment or, you know, like, what? Wow. you know, because it was so good. It's like having a yeah. hot girlfriend and then she goes, you yeah, owe me a def- check for, yeah. for dinner yesterday. <laughs> and I'm out. Yeah. You know, <laughs> you know, so uh, that was pretty, that was pretty neat. And then, um, and then we sort of like cook got really, really good. Because he won the X Games as well. Yeah, yeah, he won the year. It was a little tough tug for me because, you know, TJ's my brother kind of guy. Mm-hmm. And uh, that X Games he won, TJ knew he was sitting in like third or fourth. He, he knew he had to do the double to to win yeah. or to, you know, to get to to win. And the, the last jump was spongy and he went for the double and it was, he knew it was, you know, it was sort of down to 40%, mm-hmm. you know, with, if you don't have a good solid lip and he knew it and you got to sit next to your buddy and go give it your all, you know, you can't yeah. say, oh, nah, sit this one out, you know? And, and he went for it, it was spongy and got knocked out. So I spent the night in the hospital and then, you know, waking him up every 30 minutes, what you do for your buddies, mm-hmm. you know? And then, and then, uh, then Alan won. And then it was, you know, sort of yeah, two different tough. camps. Yeah. Because, um, you know, he is his family is so involved in what he was doing, and he was so good. Um, you know, I bet you right now, with all this mountain bike rampage stuff, I bet you, if he wasn't a brand manager kind of guy, he could go out and do like Nyquist is doing. Sort of that Santa Cruz now, right, Alan? I think so. Yeah, he went yeah, up. Yeah. He was doing. He worked yeah. for Bell, and I'd see him throughout. Now that yeah. we're older, I think we sort of because I was like a. If you didn't know me, I'm some old fart with a with a tire pump, you know, holding waters for kids, and they didn't know that I had a, you know, uh-huh. big time job in Vegas, and right. I was just doing it because I wanted to help, yeah. help you. Yes. You know, like I didn't have to. That's pump a up good your team tire. manager right there. You know, you know that was a that was a good good time mm. and travel. And then we got got Kagi once TJ went to Schwinn, and uh, Kagi was just, is just a pit bull. Mm-hmm. I mean. He won a lot of X Games and stuff as well, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, and a good dude. He he uh, he did a double backflip for us once, and when he broke his neck, that was that was for a local TV spot. Wow! And he had already made the main, you know, the final ten, and they said, "Hey, can we get a shot?" And he goes, "Yeah, right there." Does a double in in warm up for the finals at Gravity Games and breaks his neck and then he's sitting here like this grabbing his head trying to stretch his neck out right still wants to do and, it. and he's still like oh, pretty crazy story you know he's like going like this and and the doctor guy goes hey listen that's the because they tell the writers one thing and then they tell you another you know and uh he said hey um I think I think this is really bad because they can feel where uh-huh. and, and he's like well I gotta I gotta ride you know, and so they put him in a soft neck brace, and we somehow, somehow, luckily, talked him out of riding. Oh my God, but, yeah. And so he didn't ride the finals. He's like, he's already in the finals. So then we went out that night, and, you know, we're cracking beers back when Gravity Games had bands in between. And, you know, and, you know, you got to bend your neck drinking a beer, you know, and, and a good time. And, and then he loaded his big old four-wheel drive truck up himself the next day and drove all the way back to State College bouncing. Wow. And... Went right into the doctor and said, hey, my neck hurts a little bit. And they, you have a broken neck? Wow. You're not leaving. And and it's it was funny because, you know, these guys are so tough mm-hmm. that that doesn't even phase them, you know. And uh, But he came back and, man, what a good – he just came over. He was over at the house last week. We're kind of friend that stops by. Mm-hmm. And we don't hit the media or anything. We just stopped by through some – things on a barbecue and hung out and 
uh, he, I guess Pastrana was there doing something for Nitro. Well, you was probably around, you know, because you're good friends with Stephen Murray as well. You was around right in the heyday of X Games, Gravity Games, after parties. Yeah. You've seen it with Nasty and Stephen and, you know, all the motocross guys and stuff. You've probably seen mm. a lot of fun stuff, right? When the guys were all at their peaks, right? It was... A lot of backstage uh, the events. <laughs> because, you know, TJ didn't, doesn't drink. No, he never did, so, did he? Yeah. And I usually had to drive the van or I was like, right. you know, I had to take care of business. Yeah. And, you know, drive the girls home kind of thing. You know, mm-hmm. like I was the chauffeur. Yeah, I was the chauffeur. And uh, the first time I met Steven, and I, you know, I'm curious about this. How... The first time I met him, we were playing pool, and I think we were at Kona Skate Park, some CFB event, and he was just, you know, over the top. Wasn't uh-huh. even drinking yet. He was just... Yeah, yeah, the, full of life, boy, yeah. The funnest guy. I yeah. Was, and I was, you know, nobody hung out with me because they're all riding. Mm-hmm. And so Steven had a broken ankle or a broken collarbone. He, I think he was on crutches, and, and he went back and had that, his something welded. He went to the uh, the, the special doctor in uh, every, a lot of guys went to him. I think they probably still do in Ipswich in England the laser surgery. Yeah. So a lot of guys, uh, yeah. There's a, a guy in uh, Ipswich that was renowned for people that broke collarbones and bones that he could get him back in the. And I know Stephen flew there numerous times when he got hurt. He'd go yeah. straight to Ipswich and then back, and it'd be recovery was really quick. So yeah, oh, I think yeah. that caught on with that guy. I tell yeah. you, there's with those guys because they came friends because we all sort of looked after each other mm-hmm. and uh, I, I I have to say this because I only heard it once you know you don't hear your nickname until later on in right. life yeah, you yeah. know <laughs> and I I came down and we were somewhere at Cleveland or something somebody stole all our bikes and we had to find and get the police it was just you know there's always these stories and he goes they call me Frank the Tank <laughs> <laughs> and like Will Ferrell character and right, I, yeah. and, I, and I go well at least they're calling me something you know, and um, but with Steven and we would go and go to a club and we'd have the whole corner of the club and they always treated me good. I included me and uh, it was rock star. I mean, mm-hmm. full on rock star. And and, you know, it was sort of good to to be there and everybody had a good time, you know, and Steven was just a just a. a for some reason, you know how he just gets under your skin, yeah. You know, and he was always so good. To, you know, he didn't he didn't have to treat me good. Right, I mean, I had guys on my own team that say, hey, "Yeah, go get my bike," you know, and and he'd be like, "Appreciate," he'd be it. like, yeah. "Hey man, thank you." Yeah, you know, because guys like that sort of need you need mm. a, you need somebody to sweep up after him. Yeah, you know? yeah. Oh, forgot my bike. I forgot my helmet. Right. This yeah. is in the room. He really needed a manager back then. Yeah, yeah. somebody to help him. <laughs> well, Chuck was fantastic, and mm. and we all just sort of rode, rode together and fuzzy and those guys. So, so I was appreciative because they included me. But you know, there was there was nothing better than going out in a even in another country with you know you're at a table with with TJ and and Steven and Nasty. And Nasty. Yeah. So the story's on the real, I'm sure. Unbelievable. Do you want to tell us about any dirt? Without uh, telling us any you names? You know what? I, don't, <laughs> I would have to say that it was just rock star. It was, yeah. it was rock star. You know, like, and happy for him. Yeah. You know, we did some of these shoots for Blue Torch, and uh, I, I don't know how we got away with some of this stuff. I, it just, you know, it was just because they always... After they did everything crazy, they just smile at you, right? And everybody let us go, <laughs> and it was, it was pretty good. Um, Brazil was a little nuts, you know. That was, that was uh, once it, once we went down there, it was a little, 
once you start getting on scary soil where you shouldn't be out, you know, like I got pulled over and uh, sort of rolled and um, the guy took all my money in, in Rio and was going to just pulled over in some shady part of town, cab driver, and said, I'm going to take all your stuff. You give me, you know, all That's your dangerous. money. And, uh, and then next thing I know, I, I went back to the hotel. I said, to go get money because they took it all and they said you can't go out this kids people slit your, slit your throat and uh so i waited until kevin robinson got there and chad kagey and then i rolled with those guys and um sort of he kevin would tell people the, the cab driver you wait right here and we go and do all the touristing and i'll pay you when we're done right and the kid guy go yes sir you know and it was it was uh it was I think a everyone's time. got south american stories haven't they yeah. From uh, crazy things that have happened down there over the years with BMX, as you know, but yeah. always good times. But we left all the parts for the kids, and they were. I still get emails, and, you know, now the Facebook's going. I just saw it on, you guys might have seen it on uh, Facebook this week. There was, uh, actually, it was just yesterday, it was an article with uh, the Colombian kids have, have, have all started doing, it looked like GPV. And it was saying all these kids from the ghetto are just trying to do something, get out of trouble. And they've all got these little homemade bikes and they're all racing down the, they say it's super dangerous, racing down the, so I looked at the videos and this GPV, yeah. <laughs> you know, so I was like, um, yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, but, Alan yeah. threw his yeah. helmet in the crowd after a street in, uh, in Rio and the guy pulled a gun and they just, security got everybody together and told all the riders, hey, don't do it. Don't do anything like that. Don't throw your gloves out, anything. Yeah. It's just not safe. But I went to Ipanema, you know, went to these beaches and thinking I'm going to see all these beautiful women like the postcard. Yeah. I'm like, because I went down there early and thinking, and all it was was just fat, white, chappy white Americans <laughs> that were there to think that the postcard was real. Right. You know, all it was a bunch of people like me going... Dude, that dude's that. Yeah, no, yeah. No, nobody G strings walking by here. Right. You know, so good time. So good. when did all that kind of come to an end? Then, and then you kind of got back. You know, when the bubble, I guess, burst in the the, the sponsorship and the you got back, just went back to regular. Yeah. Working in Vegas again. You know, I I uh, it turned out just perfect because I saw the money. You know, because you sort of see it in yeah. the business, you see it uh, contracting, and um, I ended up. Uh, the show I'm working on now, La Rev, I was, I was go-karting with my kid and the guy says, where have you been? Because I mean, literally, when you're in show business, it's just like BMX, you're there every week. You know, right. Every, and they go, where have you been? I go, well, I was traveling the world doing this bike. And they go, they've been looking for you. They're building this water show. And I had a great experience with that stuff before. And they said, man, come, come here. And they took, I was literally right next to the trailer, the hiring trailers. I mm -hmm. went in and they go, we want, we want you to come back. And I... By then, TJ had moved to Schwinn. Um, money wasn't there. You know, maybe had another year or two, if that. Mm -hmm. And I, so I just sort of faded out and went back to work. And then I didn't travel as much. So it was... What year was that? Like, oh... Oh, oh uh, October, oh, four. Oh, four. Because I went to the Little Rev show when it first opened up, I thought. Yeah, we opened maybe. in April of oh, five. So oh, four, oh, I started, I went, I went straight from BMX, right, to open a fresh show that I've been on. For 15 years. Wow. So it was a good business, you know. It's uh, To get a good job like that, you sort of have to treat it good. Yeah, and you're still good friends with TJ, obviously, Vegas, and Connor as well, obviously, you guys. Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. I mean, he used to call the races when he was 11 years old. Right, yeah. You know, and he would know all our names and, and knows the history. And um, 
you know, been to the house and hung around and ran around with my kids and my mm-hmm. daughter and he, he, he definitely has the respect yeah. and treats the old guys pretty good. Yeah. I, I used to go road biking on this crazy hill I used to train on mm-hmm. and, and he's doing sprints and it's maybe 110. Wow. Yeah. And he's, yeah. he's get just it done, sprinting yeah. up to the top and then sprinting down. I'd never seen anybody sprint downhill. Yeah. You know, I was yeah, like, downhill you know, sprints are now. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I go, what are you doing? I was on a road bike with, with, and in the lowest gear going, mm-hmm. and this guy's <laughs> freaking sprints past me. And, uh, so the commitment's been there forever. Mm-hmm. You know, so been watching it and watching them since you were, well, you and his dad, what was it? What was that? Uh, I sponsored shipping co- company before pro track or, Oh, that was with Christoph, I, the, the U.S. Pro Bikes. Yeah. That was with Christoph. I sponsored Connor when he was on Free Agent, so, which was around, uh, I just posted a couple of pictures a few weeks ago, which was 09 and 10, I sponsored Connor with Free Agent, and mm-hmm. then he went to uh, Christoph after that. So he's been oh, with. it was a Phantom on Track. Phantom yeah. on Track. It was him and Nick. Nick Long. Don okay, Long. yes, I yeah, right, right he went from you. the he went from there to, to me. Yeah, he yeah. was on Donovan's team on yeah, Phantom on track. Yeah, because I saw that seventeen to twenty two class, and it was like you know, yeah, Connor they had a, and Nick Long. I'm going, who'd want to race those? Guys? Well, they'd race each other. I think at the grounds when they used to have like the the Friday night fastest amateur. I think Nick and Connor was younger than Nick, but they would meet together for that, and that's yeah, that's where he kind of came onto my radar, and and we got him on free agent. Uh, yeah, but that was uh, Donovan had the pretty pretty hefty amateur team right back then. You know, it's some That's good sponsors and a big team. You know, well, so. that was uh, good times and watching that that go along. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I, it's always been I a good scene. Anti Vegas for oh. BMX. You can go back. Obviously, Jason Richardson and so many good riders. Um, cat. You know, eighties, nineties, and uh, so you still go out to the track now and yeah. see here and there on Facebook out at the track. Yeah. Seems like still got a good scene there and. Four nights, there's racing four nights a week. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you add up, you know, if you sort of add up the motos, uh, last week they were at 44 motos on Thursday night. Oh, that's really Tuesday, good. Uh, was it Tuesday week? Sort of added up, there was, between all four tracks, there was basically about 80, 90 motos for mm-hmm. a week. You know, it's split up between four parts of town. Mm-hmm. But, you know, they do, they had a bounce house in a, in a uh, riding bull at the last one in a jump contest after the after the races they just did an old school night at one of the Whitney Mesa tracks oh that's cool and uh I don't know I'm just seeing these track operators busting their butts yeah and then well I just got involved with that BMX racing league and I've always tried to pitch it to the hotel to sponsor it Uh and it's just so much red tape that I'll just go out and announcer yeah grab a bike and just, you know i think i've said it numerous times you just got to do your own little bit aren't you i think yeah. no one's got the magic wand to i mean we all think about it and we're trying to work out what what to do but i think if everybody's just their own little bit in their own just little way up. yeah yeah one night just That's one you, night all you up. can do you know you know so at this point I always need turn officials every yeah. I, I haven't been to a race where they didn't say hey we need somebody in turn two right yeah. you know and and i don't know i think it's I think anything you can do, and the track operators work so hard, mm-hmm. you just don't want to see them get burnt out. No, no. Because it's, it's red tape, people bitch about mm-hmm. every little thing, and they take the hits and keep the tracks going. Yeah, so, yeah. That's cool. The Vegas scenes always seems very, yeah, very, I always enjoyed Vegas. racing over there, and always seems like different tracks come and go, but it always seems like it's a pretty good scene. Yeah. Uh, work-wise, so what's the what future plans? You just kind of carry on rolling as, as you are, or anything on yeah. the horizon? 
you're looking to do or you can't seem like you've kind of done it all, you know? You're going to retire soon? Or yeah. What? Oh, boy. If, yeah, if somebody writes me a check, I'm retired. <laughs> until that point. No, I'm in a really good show right now. And it's, you know, Gary works with me. Oh, Gary okay. Works, so it's, I have, there's one person in the building that can talk BMX with mm-hmm. me. And uh, you know how it is. You go talk to some guy, these new kids that work for me. Right. Oh, yeah, I got high score on some first-person game in my underwear, and I'm like, I don't really care. Right. You know, like, like, and it's fun to, you know, you talk to Gary. He goes, yeah, I flipped at TJ's house this morning. You know, and you go, um, that's fun. Um, actually, it's made it a lot more fun for me. Uh, just taking care of work, you uh-huh. know, like the work thing, you got to take, you have to take care of it. I mean, there's 100 people that would want my job in a heartbeat. Right. You know? So you really can't. You really can't slough off. Right. But I'll take care of that, and then I'm, I'm always making sure I'm going to the things I can with BMX. Yeah. You know? That's cool. Just, and you're always, I don't go to Vegas much, you know, once or twice a year, but if I'm with BMX, there's always somebody like, hey, got to call Tracer. Tracer's meeting us. Like, like, it seems like you always meet up and take care of all the BMXs when, when they're in Vegas, you uh, know? And I've heard that for, for the 20 years I've been going there on yeah. and off, you know, like, oh, you know, Tracer's name always comes up, you know? That's Someone's good to hear. Someone's got a call, you know? It's, it's the ones that call me on... The night before New Year's, right? Yeah, yeah, say, yeah. Can you get me a room and right. a free show? Yeah, like yeah, it's sort of like what. it's just you know. There's a difference between somebody saying, "Hey, can can I meet for coffee?" or mm-hmm. "Hey, can you get me a bike?" Right? You yeah. know, there's oh, a difference. Yeah. There's a difference, and and, and all my friends that are my friends uh-huh. know that I'd be pissed if they didn't call me because mm-hmm. there's sometimes there's free shows. Sometimes yes. I'd rather I'll buy yeah. you a beer. Sometimes there's really good stuff to do. Right? You know, uh, Eddie once came to Vegas, and I think I lost him. For a couple of days on a New Year's, he came <laughs> one time. Did you meet up with Ruffalo or something? He came over and literally was in the was was knocking on the window because right. he, he didn't know the house number. Or right, he was looking through the window and he's like, and he's like, you know, caught him the next day. It was New Year's Day, like at noon or something. And he's like, I go, I know, I lost him somewhere. And he's smiling, knocking on the door uh-huh. on the window, actually in the side window. Hey, this is your house, right? Okay. So, uh, and Ruffle living there. And, yeah, you see much of Ruffles, Zab? We're still trying to get talk. him on this podcast, you know? Oh, you need to. I know, yeah, we're trying. Epic. His new studio, he's doing really good stuff. Have you stuff. been over there? No, no, and we keep talking. I drive by it. Yeah. And he invites me, but, I mean, he's out there doing the hard, he's doing the real work. Yeah. So. Yeah, hopefully we'll, we'll get him on Oh, here. you know, in Vegas, I'm sorry to interrupt on that, no, but no. it's, uh, if you think about it right now, for the old, the old guys, um, you know, Jason Jensen, who's going to the Hall of Fame, lives mm. lives there. We go ride motorcycles together, uh-huh. hang out. Good dude. He's been there over 20 years. Uh, Jeff Cosmala lives there. And Andy Ruffle lives <laughs> there. And then, of course, the Aggies that are still involved. And, you know, there's there's a group that still... You know, you could have a you could have a reunion just it, with Chicken George from Vegas? No, Jason went to school yeah. with him, right? Yeah, he... Um, we tried to get him for the CW reunion. He's in he's in Texas. Okay. And he has no electronic footprint. Oh wow. At all. And, you know, like we're that, trying. Yeah. You know, you're try- we're trying to find people. I still and, put in names on Facebook. Like what happened? To, like yeah. man, some people just didn't get online, did they? Never. Or you know? No. Unless they're on. No. He was a golfer and went like golf, like junior golf or something in right. Texas. We tried to look for him because George Sievers? Yeah. Really? Because when his dad would go to Europe, when, when you, he would bring people over and people, and I, they'd end up with me, and then I'd take them out because they were yeah, the other guys. Yeah. And then we'd, we'd be out all night, and then he'd say, You took him out all night with his dad because <laughs> his dad was a team yeah. manager. 
I think it was when he was on Redline. Mm-hmm. When he was Redline, I think his dad was Tim. Was dad Redline team manager? I think just, GT. I think at some or point, right? GT? I think I don't he was. Be, I don't know about GT. CW. CW. He was. I a, think he went to GTF CW though. I think for a while, maybe. It was yeah. before my time, but I remember reading the magazines. You yeah, know, Mike Jason Sievers. telling me that he went to school with him and stuff. So. Yeah, he'd bring people over and people find. Mm-hmm. That's what's neat about this. I don't bite on this social media negativity. Uh, it's just if there's good stuff and there's good friends that I want to catch catch with, mm-hmm. there's always good. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, like I just bite my tongue on other things, and right. you know, life's there's a whole bunch of life out there worth living. What, you don't argue with everybody every day on politics and no no holds no holds Barry. <laughs> I'm gonna stay away from I don't. Uh, I, it's fun time. Sometimes yeah. it's just fun to sit back and 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 uh, uh, observe. Um, what's the word? Just kind of watch from afar, you know. Right. But yeah, you don't need to dive into every yeah. every BMX topic and argument. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I just love. Yeah. Somebody pops out with some crazy flatty picture. Right. That you go. I don't care who it is. Props. Yeah, yeah. You know, you go, dude. That's awesome. And. Some of the stories I learned when you guys were running around in the after the races, just heading into the forest with a video camera, mm-hmm. you know, filming and you know mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. That's what we did. We would just ride down the strip when you could ride down the. St- we'd ride home from the races without a bottle of water or a dime in our pocket. And you know now, you, I mean, this is all skin cancer right here. We didn't. We so. didn't wear sunblock, glasses, hat. We just took. If you're hot, you took your shirt off, and jumped in the pool at the. At a casino and right. get chased out by security, yeah. you know, and we would we would grab money out of the fountains too. That's how we. Uh-huh. <laughs> that's how we finance lunch. That's smart, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, somebody's throwing away money. Yes, as far as I'm concerned. Yes, lunch. Yeah, you know, you threw it away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Good stuff. Anything you want to finish it up with, Eddie? Anything I might have missed? I don't know. Maybe we can talk about your your knee replacements. Oh yeah. Poster Since boy. you're like the poster child for a, for a doctor yeah. out there now. Yeah, I tell so you. So two, right? Yeah. Yeah, you'll never, ever, ever hear the sentence, oh, that Tracer? Oh, you know Tracer? Oh, he was smooth. Like, you know, you, you, there's guys that are just Daryl Young. You know, there's guys like that. You right. Go, oh, butter. You know, like butter. Like just, and uh, I, I was a garage sale. If I wasn't up, I was hitting, right. hitting a corner hard. And uh, I couldn't ride. My knees were knees were blown out. I had tensor to ACL replacement, and then blow that out. Then I'd have a fake one, blow it out. Did you wear knee pads and stuff? Or no, no. I never <laughs> wear knee pads. I, you know, well, I didn't think I was going to fall. Right. Yeah. <laughs> if yeah. you knew you were going to fall, you'd wear them. But um, got one fixed where I just couldn't walk anymore. It would just had ten surgeries on my right knee. And then it would just pop out of socket. I couldn't even do sta- go downstairs. I'd just fall. Oh wow. So uh, got this fixed, and then about. Four years ago, did this one, and um, I race not fast, but I'm not. I wear real good braces and knee knee pads and stuff now. Um, I mean, I don't have leg strength, but I'm not afraid to. I line up at every Vegas national they have because I always said, you know, for years we lost all the nationals. Mm-hmm. You know, we only had we didn't have an ABA track in Vegas. We just had two MBLs. So I always said, if ABA came back with Support a track, it. I'm gonna even if I get. It's tough getting smoked. It's okay getting beat, but I'm in the place now where I get smoked. Okay, and you race the indoor, don't you? I've seen it, pictures of you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Getting beat's okay. Right. Get, get, you know, getting fourth, fifth out of like maybe six is, right. you know, you're still in the pack and people can maybe not recognize mm-hmm. you, you know. But, you know, getting, getting, sm- I mean, you're racing Rube. Yeah, he's I, still I fast. Even, yeah, I, still I, fast. I, 
he'll clear me mm-hmm. before like he didn't even cut over on me right he he clears me and then goes over yeah it, it's like so gracious yeah you know and you almost look at him and go huh how did he i got the best start of my life and he's two bikes ahead he's still in control if you watch the videos of rupert as well it's not like he's you see some of the older guys are just totally out in control and waiting to blow up but he is still like yeah yeah knows his levels i think and uh yeah, longevity for that guy for sure. Yeah, so they they fixed my knees and and it gave me a second because a couple of guys like Jason Carnes is you know when he gets my age he'll need one and there's right. a few guys that yeah. have, uh, that but I'm not afraid to race. Uh, you just don't want to fall without knee pads. Right. So yeah. if anybody's contemplating getting a, a knee replacement, would you recommend it? If you can't function and you're sit and you would rather sit on the couch then get up and do something, you absolutely. Mm-hmm. Because what happens, you, it hurts, so you don't get up. You don't get up, you get fat. You get fat, and when you get up, you weigh too much. Mm-hmm. Then it puts pressure on your knee. Then you don't do the things you want to do. And um, quality of life goes down. I, mm-hmm. Absolutely. I, I lost 35 pounds as soon as I got these done. I, I, or the second one done, I, I couldn't, I wasn't doing what I liked. I, I wasn't golfing, I wasn't riding. I wasn't, mm-hmm. you know, I, I mean, I don't go. I ride by myself a lot because mm-hmm. all these guys have their Strava quotas. Right. You know, I go road biking and, uh, you know, I don't even ride with friends anymore because they're all like, oh, I need to, we need to go Yeah, really yeah, I'm the same. I like to do it on a lot of my own, my own pace, you know? Yeah, so I just, I putt around and have nine bikes hanging in the garage and try and take a lap around the block <laughs> on every one of them. Every yeah. Day. I have one of Connor's old bikes. I have TJ's old bike from the Gravity Games. I have a collection of things that... When you go to Vegas sometime, you got to go to We need to go to his garage, yeah, yeah, do a little walkthrough. He's got a little, uh, little history there. A little display there. there. Yeah. Or oh, won't put your uh, address on this podcast, son, because you know you got the guys... <laughs> Everybody's invited, old, that's it, yeah. Old school guys banging on your door, trying yeah. to <laughs> flip some of that stuff on eBay. <laughs> Tracy, that was great. Really oh, enjoyed thanks, the man. stories, man. It was super fun and looking forward to hanging out uh, this weekend at the Hall of Fame. I'm sure we'll probably post this after. There's so much stuff going on as of now. Um, but that was cool Eddie as always thanks for dropping by no problem I appreciate the sis buddy you're awesome yeah, yeah. friends for life kind of stuff absolutely and uh, yeah Tracy if anybody wants to get hold of you anybody needs a job in Vegas or absolutely. wants to come and ride or wants to drive in a year old Porsche yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah actually uh, if you can, I'll say this if you can't get a hold of me right you're not trying right yeah. <laughs> I, you know as long as you're not asking for a free room right you know I always I, I say if you, anybody wants to get a hold of me, you, I'm easy. Yeah, you, everybody right. can find me. I mean, I'm open book. Awesome. I'll help if you need help. If somebody needs something, they get stuck or in Vegas, want it, some it's advice. It's T Finn at AOL, right? Uh, <laughs> it's actually it's funny it's Tracer BMX one at AOL. I'm still hey, I've still got, I've still got my accounts. I think uh, yeah. I missed something or something. I still check it. Dial yeah. it or what? Yeah. Yeah. It, it was a, it was the CD. It was, right. It was, CD, yeah, right. Yeah. it was a CD rom. I didn't know that was going to be your handle for your life. Yeah, me too. I, <laughs> I got a stupid. I'm not going to say on this podcast. I got a stupid one, but I still got it. You know, and yeah. check it. You know, so no, I'm around. Anybody needs anything? Cool. I'm, I'm easy to get a hold of. Right on, Eddie. Thanks, Tracer. Thanks. Yes. Thanks, man. Thanks I didn't a want lot. To do this. Let's have some fun weekend. Thanks a lot, everybody, and we'll catch you all next time. Cheers. Ciao. Cheers.